0: When you're doing a math problem in high school where it's like, you know, like doing algebra, it's like, if you have this many apples and that many apples and this person's eating this many apples at this rate and whatever, right? Like, and then you're t- trying to make a formula. Like, okay, well, X is apples and Y is and y time. Is the, yeah. 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 this translation constant. Yeah, just call them apples in time, you know? Like, why do we have to do yeah. it this way? And then when you draw your
1: graph, put apples on one axis, put time yeah. on the other. You yeah, don't are, need an X Why, why, are, why are we playing this way? <laughs> it's, anyway. This is a weird pet peeve to have, but man, it pisses me off. (laughs) Hey, everybody, welcome to episode 288 of Coffee with Butterscotch, the
0: game dev comedy
1: podcast Butterscotch Shenanigans. I'm Seth, and I'm the games programmer.
0: I'm Adam, and I'm sitting in a white void. I'm Sam, and I'm wearing a robe. And this is a show
1: where we talk about life, business, and working in the games industry. Today is December 4th, 20 Blundy. Before we get started, we have a warning, there's going to be swears on this show. We'd also like to thank our supporters over at moneygrab.bscotch.net who are helping keep our pod juices uh, filled up. Pod juices made of just blended up cash, turns out.
0: Yep. These these machines are expensive to run.
1: Yeah, it's tough because you've got to blend it enough that it becomes a liquid, which I don't know if you ever blended cash, uh, it but it a takes long, a lot. long time. It takes a lot of blending. You know, first it's a powder, and you're like, how does it become a liquid? Well, that's where the heat comes in. You got to blend it, you know, fast enough Mm -hmm. to create enough friction to liquefy it. We're not so fast that it
0: catches on fire. It's a a fine line.
1: It's a fine balance, and that's why it's so expensive. Uh, And we have a new supporter, Nick, who says, After listening to you guys about ADHD, I finally decided to seek help. After three months and a lot of money for doctor visits and evaluations, uh-huh, I have yeah. my I have my answers and diagnosis. I'm now happily medicated and more productive.
0: Congratulations. Use your wow. next copay on me. <laughs> Thanks for the great content. <laughs> awesome. Congrats. That's uh, that's good to hear. Yeah, that I feel uh, a little guilty then also adding more money to how much it costs to have ADHD because oh my god, the, the cost of having of of going to a physician – this is in the United States, obviously, because of how healthcare works here. Uh, but of, fin- of going to a physician who actually is an expert in adult ADHD, right, means almost guaranteed they're in private practice. And yep. that almost also guarantees they're not going to take your fucking insurance. So it, those costs, oh mm-hmm. boy, those add up real fast.
1: Yeah, it's also telling that we differentiate between adult ADHD and non-adult ADHD, as if they're a different thing when it's the same thing. They're the same thing. Well, the difference times. is that
0: adults have, have spent their whole lives constructing constructing mechanisms to operate, given that to they have it. ADHD. And so and – so- being able to diagnose it is different because now when they ask a question like, "Oh, do you do this?" then the answer is actually often no. But it's because I have like this stack of ten systems that I use to make it so I don't have to do that you know? uh, So it's a trickier, it's a trickier beast. So kind of like, do you do you find your mind wandering when you're reading? It's
1: like no, because I've. Uh, I've co-opted my significant other to tase me every time I lose <laughs> right. attention.
0: Mm-hmm. So. Well, it's, oh, it's or or that you only read things. you only like in my case. Like I only read fun, fun engaging, action-packed sci-fi because then I can stay engaged because it's very yeah. exciting and very fun. And I'm and, an adult, and, which means I can read whatever the fuck I want. And that's you know uh-huh. that's my system.
1: And then when, and then of course you end up uh, accidentally staying up to three o'clock in the morning reading that book. You know because yep. you can't stop reading it, mm-hmm. because you don't have control over your brain. <laughs> <laughs> yep.
0: Uh huh. And I'd say saying that as somebody who did that this very past night, and I'm basically just dead right now. <laughs> right yep.
1: Now. It's, a real, it's a real fun time for, uh, <laughs> for everybody. Yep. Uh, and we'd also like to, of course, thank our recurring supporters over at Net as well. All right, let's talk about stuff. We're going to try to keep it a little brief today in terms of talking about
0: you know the general news
1: because we've been really light on the questions these past uh, months. I don't know, but we want to well, get to really all questions. the
0: time if we're being honest. But sort of in particular yeah. recently.
1: Uh, so there's a couple things we just wanted to talk about. One is kind of kind of funny, which is uh, we we came across this new tool. I think Adam found it. Yeah, my, my wife was
0: looking at it because uh, so just just for the the context. Um, my wife is upgrading her production systems um, and was asking us what we do. So then we were talking about Monday. So she's looking at a Monday. Then she was like, if I want to use Monday as a single individual, you know, then I have to buy three seats, you know, like, cause there's no free tier in Monday. And there's also, they, they just go right into a business tier where there's a three seat minimum. So it would cost her like some, like 30 bucks a month or something stupid just to have two extra seats for no reason to use it. So, so first <laughs> of all, Monday, that is a, idiotic shitty business plan. Come on Monday. Uh, but but the result of this, which is also why this is a shitty business plan, was that Jenny was like okay, Google searching alternatives to Monday. Um and uh came across ClickUp which she dug into. Um and then was sort of sharing with me what that what that was and uh, and it's basically in, in many ways it's it's it is monday.com like it's the same structure and stuff. It's a much newer thing. So has actually been around for more Than 10 years, it used to be called. Oh my god, what was it? It used to be called Asana,
1: or no, 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 no. it was anyway.
0: something so dumb. It was, oh, what was it? Uh, the pulse, the da pulse, d a b, no way, yeah. So, it used to be As called a professional pulse. business management software, yeah. Called and, then years, yeah. And, and, and then a few <laughs> years ago, they were like, maybe we're driving customers away, so changed the name, kind of rebranded, whatever uh which was a, a wise move. Um but this is actually part of the reason that once I started playing with ClickUp, which is like very slick, it does all the things that Monday does and then everything that we've been annoyed about with Monday, it it either does better or does, period, because Monday doesn't do that. Uh and then as I was also playing with this stuff, then I was like and once I once I learned that also Monday is this 10 year old piece of software, I was like, where they have no excuse. That also means that I can't just <laughs> assume that they're actually going to make this stuff better, you know, because they haven't. They, haven't, they haven't made that stuff there. It's been a long time. And uh yeah, so we started digging into it, and that's pretty fucking cool. Like well, it's I really say, good. This is what's hilarious, because of course, you know, on the weekends we actually try to like so the first couple of months of quarantine, we were doing the podcast on Sunday mornings. Mm-hmm. And the end result of that was that because we ended up just, you know, shooting the shit and chatting for like two hours, uh it basically felt like another work day on accident because we all sort of yeah. hang out in the context of work all the time. And so we were like, we need to stop doing this because it's not restful on the weekend. So we switched over to, you know, uh, more or less not seeing each other on the weekends. is sort of the uh, the method currently. And the funny thing was on, on Sunday, I think, is when Adam was like, hey, guys, in Discord, I found this ClickUp thing and we should really look into it. And I think Seth's response, internal response, is probably the same as my first internal response, which was like, oh, no, oh, no. like <laughs> another tool. Uh, it's like, it's better than Monday. It's like Monday, but better. And I'm like, is this really necessary? Is this going to yeah, be that was this? my response. Because yeah. mm-hmm. we,
1: switched, we switched to Monday and we, we were using Trello for, for about a year, I think. <clears throat> and then and the, the big problem with Trello is it is one thing. and it's
0: it's very good at being that
1: one it's very good at having cards that move across a Kanban board Mm -hmm. like if that's what you need and that's the only thing you will ever need then Trello's your thing (laughs) it's got
0: hotkeys all over the place like yeah Yeah. yeah.
1: but of course we're running this this company where we have to do all kinds of stuff like keep track of uh, version systems and handle bug reports and assign work in very specific weird ways sometimes and uh, track features by patch and like all these things that having everything in one giant
0: pile of really kind of sucked at yeah, right. Yeah, the, the, so, and we talked a lot about it at the time, So, probably if you rewind about nine months, you'll you'll be able to hear all about it. But yeah, but the gist was that 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 Trello was really good for task management, but not good for project management. Yes. So that's why there's was was no high looking level for a new view. tool. Yeah, there's not high enough level stuff. So we we're looking for new higher level tools that were all, that still also weren't like really in the weeds sort of like these really big like Jira these like really big project management things Um, and so so Sam was doing research at the time started on Monday after doing all these sort of researching Um, and yeah it's worked a lot better it's still basically Trello but just with more options to make higher level kinds of uh, process management stuff
1: yeah so we have all kinds of super fun stuff in Monday now where we have things like when we trigger a build through our deployment pipeline we have a board in Monday that talks to our uh our, we call it the game pipe it's like our robot that manages builds um, and so you can go to our Monday board and we can we can watch different builds for different games sort of like flipping states from like building to build succeeded you know that kind of thing um, so we, we can very easily you know sort of adapt how this system works to suit our needs the problem is so we gained all that, all these, like, cool APIs, ways to make custom boards. But what we lost was literally all of the good stuff that Trello had, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> right? Mm-hmm. Uh, like, Trello was really good at what it did um, for task management, and Monday is just not very good at those things. Mm-hmm. Uh, so so we still felt like it was the right move. Yeah, and it now, still was uh, the right move,
0: even in retrospect, yeah. it, was the, it was the right move. Yeah, but
1: now, of course, when we look at ClickUp, it's basically, it does all the things that Monday does. All uh, of them better. Ex- all of them better than Monday does them, and it also does all the things that Trello does. And so uh, I was and it pissed has it has better plans. And it has better plans. <laughs> it has better plans. Yeah. It's cheaper, etc., etc. As you can use it as an individual, even and it's free for like with you still get a lot of the features for free and all this stuff. And so uh, I was, I was. It's one of those like sort of. Uh, I, don't, I don't think there's a word for it in English, but like a good kind of pain, you know, where like. Adam comes in on the weekend and he's like, hey, guys, you got to check out this ClickUp thing. And I'm immediately enraged because <laughs> I'm like, I'm like we, switched to, we switched to Monday in July. It's, it hasn't even been like six months you know, since we, since we did this. Mm-hmm. And we've developed all these tools around it. We've migrated all of our work. It was a huge pain in the butt to learn this new system. And now it, fe- it feels like we've hit a good stride with Monday. We're like, we're using the tool very well. Do so. you want to just throw this all away? Yeah, and so, yeah. so then, uh, so and also, I was like, plus it's the weekend. I'm not looking at this shit. So, <laughs> so, I, so I didn't. So I didn't. But then on uh, on Monday and Tuesday, I started like I was like, okay, right, fine, I'll, I'll take I'll take a peek. So I started just like managing a few of my tasks and stuff in in uh, ClickUp, and I was like, oh god. God damn it! Like this is clearly so much better than what we were working (laughs) with. That we like, we have to. We have
0: to. It's when you realize that you're being forced into a better future. You know, you're like, yeah. Well, this is the thing with tool adoption because you hear this all the time. Like in in DevOps, uh, like when you hear people talk about DevOps who do like DevOps consulting and you know that sort of thing. Uh, What they always say is that the the problem isn't the tools; it's always the people. Right. So so Mm -hmm. you can demonstrate. You can show. Look how much better this thing is, right? Or in the case of like DevOps, it's often a pipeline, right? And you're and you're trying to convince somebody, hey, we want to construct this thing where there's like there are these ten pieces of software that all talk to each other, and they talk to each other over a network, and like you're going to pay us to come in here, and it's going to mm-hmm. cost like X thousand dollars. We're going, to, we're going to build this thing for you, and when it's when it's done, we get to the other side of it. You got to change all of your habits, but once you do. Once you make oh, this man. investment, the Look so what bright. your life is going to be, right? You're gonna, you're gonna, you're gonna write your code like usual. And you're gonna hit one button and boom, everything is deployed. No more conflicts. No more. Yeah. Like, so you get on the list of all the things that are great, right? And every item you list that's great, someone's there. Everyone's just thinking, but isn't that great? You know, because like, because you you only think of the context of what you're of the the cost to getting there. So you mm-hmm. you see these things with like TypeScript and stuff, right? Where TypeScript is once you 've used it once you 've like really sat down and truly used it, it is unambiguously without any uncertainty a hundred times better than plain old javascript it just It just is, and the, the only way to argue against that is to come up with a stack of reasons where you 're just like, "Oh, but now I have to have all this extra tooling right now I, now I have to have all this like extra like you start again you start going down the list of like here are all the reasons why switching to this is is a bad idea when really it 's actually you don 't want to and you 're rationalizing. Yeah. <laughs> to not have to, go to work, right? Yeah.
1: Because it's, it's, uh, it change as a person, you always demand and hate change, right? Yeah. Like ch- change is hard, but also you know that it's, it's important. But, but I, I kind of feel like, okay, moving, moving your, yep, your apartment, moving your house, whatever, huge pain in the ass, right? What happens when you move though? You rethink everything. Yep. You you take a bunch of stuff. And you're like, "What? Are, I don't need all this shit." You you donate a bunch of it, or you get rid of it, or whatever. And give it to some friends. Suddenly, you're a lot lighter. You have a lot less stuff. Going on. You come into a new space. You're reevaluating. How do I want to live my life? Where do I where do I want these things to be? How do I want my morning to be? Like, like you're just like suddenly it's a tabula you rasa.
0: You know, it's a black slate. Yeah,
1: re- yeah, you're rethinking everything. And uh it's like a it's a moment to kind of start anew. And this is kind of how I feel whenever we make one of these tool jumps, because what always happens is is we just ditch a bunch of garbage. Yep. Like mm-hmm. When we switched from Trello, I think we ended up just abandoning like 200 cards.
0: <laughs> yeah. Yeah, at least. Because uh, we were looking at them all. And we're like, we don't need to do all these. We, we're never going to do all these things. Plus the uh, entire archive, right? Everything that we'd archived over the past like two years or whatever it was, was also just yeah. abandoned.
1: Yeah. And it's been great, you know? Um, so sometimes you just got to do these things and uh, it's painful – but it's it's not – I guess it's not painful. It's just expensive. But, uh, you know, you got to spend money to make money, right? I, I th- well, Everything it comes that, at a
0: cost. It's really that feeling that uh, – especially when you're – so when you're already operating at a highly efficient level, which we are, right, uh, with using Monday and our, all of our tools and processes and stuff, there's definitely a feeling of like, isn't this – isn't this enough? Like, do I? You know, <laughs> do we need to get more? Like, what? the much is this? How much do you need? How much need?
1: better do I have to be?
0: Yeah, and I think, and, and I think, uh, especially you as a person who's who's doing, who has done the work, uh, it's it's sometimes tempting to be like, you know, look how far I have come, or in our case, us as a studio have come. You know, from where we were a year ago, we are operating at like a blistering pace all the time, and. And it's very tempting, yeah, to just say, like, you know, using your internal frame of reference to say, we are so much better than we were. Why do we have to change more? But the really important thing is that you are not judged on your own internal reference. Mm -hmm. You're judged purely on external reference. So it does not matter how fast you are going compared to how fast you were going. Uh, Mm -hmm. that's, that's, That's what you hold on to when you yourself are doing the changes and working through your stuff. And, you know, especially in creative work, not comparing yourself to others in the moment is required. But the reality is that at some point you have to, you have to recognize like either you're not up to speed or you could be going faster, and it should be you know like an industry standard thing you you hop on board with. So and even if I mean, and even if you don't, because yeah, because you get into all this kind of trouble if you start comparing yourself to other people and other systems, because mm-hmm. like because realities are not different for. Or, I'm yep. sorry, realities are not the same for any two people. Um, but even if your goal is just to like constantly be improving, it is it is just so tempting. Once you feel like you're competent to just like sit in that spot, you know, um, and, uh, and, and if you, I mean, and, and like you can, you know, you can get away with it, right? Uh, because you don't, you don't know any better. I think the reason that for me, the Mondays, which was like, I didn't have any feeling whatsoever of like, oh no, because I, there are a few things that as a, like, because of how I do my own work as a, as a programmer in particular, but, um, because of the other things that I use around that, like GitHub and all this other stuff, right? Uh, there are a few things, and there's one of the, there's one really big one which sounds dumb, but it's just like it's which is Markdown. It's Markdown stuff because mark, Markdown is a way of of typing stuff that explains how it's supposed to look without actually having like like you don't you don't make a thing bold, you put asterisks around it to essentially say, this cheat bold, sheet right? HTML. Yeah, it's like it's like dead simple HTML, right? And the beauty of it is that you can it's portable. You can it's like a plain ass. Boring ass text file, right? Uh, You can take it anywhere. You can convert any format you want. You can do whatever, Um, and and so that is how all documentation is written in like open source code. But then also most like big projects that, that are you know slowly change their habits over time also are doing that now and so on and so forth. So like it's it's the it's the way that you type now. Right if you are Monday if, if money doesn't support it at all, like not even yeah. the tiniest bit, and so every time I'm trying to do anything, I just end up using other tools. I end up using notion because it has markdown support. I end up like we we started migrating all of our we migrated it to GitHub in part so we could use GitHub issues right um because that's a nice system, but part of that was because I was like, oh good, thank God, now I can actually like use a good system to to have markdown and have all these like cool features to document all of my issues and then just like have cards made incidentally automatically in Monday, just sort of like to have it there. Right. Cause now, now we can see the work and track the mm-hmm. cumulative work in Monday, but the details of it, you know, I'm actually like, thank God I can get this in a system that actually like I can, <laughs> that is pleasant to work with. Right. And yeah. so for me, like I just, I had enough. And then also in, in the way that I prefer to do things is on a Kanban board style, you know, of, of workflow, mm-hmm. which in Monday is just very, a very medium experience. And so that's the only view I ever look at. And like I couldn't do markdown. It's like I was just like my my normal day-to-day experience on Monday was that it was just a worse Trello, right? Yep. Um and it's of course,
1: it's, it's better for project management. So if you yeah look exactly at,
0: but on the project level, when we do like our Monday stand stand or our Monday meetings and we do our daily stand-ups and like all that kind of stuff, like all of that was much better than before. Yeah. And so yep. I just sort of like it was like trading one thing for the other and I was just using external systems to, to make up for it. So as soon as I saw like, all, I just I had like this laundry list of things that were pissing me off about Monday. And so I just checked every single one on ClickUp and I was like, oh yeah, it just fucking does it. And my favorite one, besides just the things that I wanted to do in the first place, is, uh, is you can flag cards with like reciprocal blocking slash waiting on relationships. And then it'll alert you when a card has become unblocked. Such a simple yeah. feature. Such a yeah. simple thing, but...
1: Yeah, so, and, and, so, and it, it's automated. So if you, if you say, like, this card requires this other thing, like this task requires this other task to be completed, right? Then one will be marked as blocked and the other will be marked as blocking, mm-hmm. right? And so, and if the blocking one, if you check that off, if you set its status to done or whatever, then boom, the blocking status is removed. So now you have a quick instantaneous visual uh mm. So you could even, for example, when you're you looking can, at you can your have work automation
0: features, to that too. So they could be like, one well, thing that's unblocked, put it in the inbox. You know, like,
1: yeah, flip it back in the inbox. Or and when you're looking at your work, you could be like, you know, just don't show me stuff that's blocked because like it's blocked.
0: Mm-hmm. So so the, It's also important <laughs> to note the the context of all this is happening in, which is if you look at our studios processes and tooling, uh, everything has changed in the last six months. Yeah, that's true. Since level I mean, head, that's came because out. of every Monday single too, right. Thing. right? Yeah. yeah. Well, yeah, correct. We'll right, yeah. Levelled came out, so we had time, and we took the time. Mm-hmm. Then we also changed our work practices and started adapting around Monday. And then we also then we, then we just recently migrated from Bitbucket to GitHub. Now, and we're on GameMaker two point three now. For we're all on Game Maker two point three, rebuilt all of our tools. Yeah, like every, everything has been changing enormously over the past six months. So that is true. You know,
1: you know what, you know what, I think as much as twenty twenty was a real shit piece, you guys. Uh, I think we did a pretty good job of using it as a cocoon mm-hmm. to meta to metamorphose, mm-hmm. you know, it's, it I think we're, we're like, still in the liquid soup phase of, uh, of the cocoon of the metamorphosis, mm-hmm. you know, we haven't reformed into a solid body
0: yet, but we're working on it. I think it's, it's probably more <laughs> metaphorically like, uh, like a forest fire sort of situation. Uh, oh, where we have, no. a, we have a seed that's activated by, uh, High ignition temperatures by, you burning, know? It yeah, down. by burning, and burning it. We've been laying out. down just piles of dead leaves, just like years yep. of dead leaves. And then finally, and then this year, everything just caught on fire. And we were like, okay, it, it's okay, you know, this, this is happening. Uh, we'll just wait it out a little bit and then we'll do our thing. You know, we're gonna sprout up, yeah, we'll, we'll sprout in, in, up into a barren wasteland. You know, mm-hmm. but, but we're did,
1: we, <laughs> did we include burn it down in our studio principles or did we remove that? I, I think it
0: used to be. Burn a it one down is things. not in there, but it is. It's a. It's, it's one of our like uh, every every studio or every every business has little cultural laws, right? That you can sort of yeah. sum up and burn it down is definitely one of ours. Which is at some point you just gotta just torch it. Torch it. also the
1: ground. yeah. Once the can we not gets big enough then you just burn it down. Mm-hmm. Uh, so anyways, click up, check it out. If you're looking at, uh, at, you know, ways to sort of revamp your workflow and stuff, we're pretty pumped about it. We haven't made the switch yet, but uh, we're, we're going to probably do it. Yeah. The main thing is, of course we got For like this,
0: all these automated things in Monday. So, cause if it was just migrating cards across and that's it. It probably would just be like, let us do it tomorrow. We're done, you know, but yeah, it's so all the two. There's, the there's a whole API. A we got a whole shit show. Get on of things. We got to move over. So,
1: yeah. So uh, other news, there's a quick quick bulletin, which is that uh, we talked about Apple's small business program, which allows you to uh, have a 15% revenue share for Apple instead of 30, which means something like 22% or whatever, more money for yourself, mm-hmm. which is great. Uh, but you have to apply to that program. And that and program is It accepting- does apply
0: retroactively, correct, for this year. I don't know. I'm pretty permission. sure it applies retroactively, don't. but if it does,
1: that's awesome. I think it does. So uh, they're accepting applications through December 18th of this year, which means by the time this episode airs, you'll have like a week and a half. So get it done. If, if you're an iOS developer, you know, do that thing. Or if you're thinking about doing iOS development
0: next year, do it. Just do it. Just get it. Yeah, all, just if get you it have it.
1: Yeah, sign up for the developer program. Uh, pay your hundred bucks to get your and certificate. Yeah, and now you've
0: made zero dollars. So you've made no money. Presumably. I don't know. I don't know.
1: They might have a requirement that you have to have at least like one app.
0: Yeah, I don't know.
1: Maybe. But <laughs> uh, actually, the, yeah. If
0: you don't have an app yet, there's no way you can set up an account and get an app through review. By the time that no, deadline hits, that's
1: probably not. Yeah, yeah. but uh, definitely get on that. Save yourself some cash. All right, let's get on to some questions. These questions come from our listeners over at podcast.bscotch.net. Highest up question comes from Mopate Flatunk, who says, Since no one wears shoes during quarantine, are you going barefoot? Socks? Slippers? Does it depend on the flooring?
0: Mm. I wear yes. socks and shoes. I don't wear shoes because I, I think if you wear shoes in the house, you're a barbarian. But I do wear slippers because those are just house shoes that never go out. Because the key is they don't go outside, you know? 'Cause otherwise mm-hmm. the whole point of a house is that's inside. You don't bring the outside inside. That's inside, there's it's like outside. a house cat. Separate things. You know? Yeah, it's like a house cat. Stays inside, doesn't go outside. Because it's the moment that the moment you break that rule, now there's shit on your floor. That's just all hell mm-hmm. breaks loose. Yep. Uh but I do wear slippers because I have very steep wooden stairs. And if I I could so my options are basically either barefoot or have traction that comes from something else. So I can't just I- wear socks.
1: And ironically, the thing that you put on your feet to keep from slipping is slippers.
0: I was just thinking yes, about that. It's <laughs> stickers, right? I like, think it's slippers because you slip them on, you know? They they don't slip. You slip them on. Yeah, well, you, so this slip, is, this you slip into them. You're like, oh, God, and then like you fall into them, right? I know yeah. this sounds unrelated, but we should talk about positioning as it relates to slippers because, damn, that's good. I mean, think about it. so. What the point is like, the benefit of a slipper is two, uh-huh. two parts, right? One is that when you're inside on a hardwood floor, you're actually not going to slip anymore. Yeah, right? or if it's winter, you can be warm. Mm-hmm. The other benefit, yeah. though, is that you could just put them on real fast. They're fast shoes, right? Mm-hmm. Now, the issue yeah. is when you talk about selling something like a slipper, which do you pick? Which one, yeah. right? Do which you pick? part? Of- do you pick the fact that it's fast to slip this on your foot or the fact that it stops you from falling downstairs? And apparently, yeah. everyone's like, I would rather – be able to put my shoes on quickly than, uh, than have traction. Like that's what's most important to me. It's interesting. Interesting position. Yeah.
1: Now I, I kind of wish I had slippers. I don't have slippers. Uh, and and I don't know slippers. And I don't know why I wish I had them because I've had, you know, plenty of opportunities. Like every minute of every day, I could, I could just suddenly go buy some slippers and I, and I just haven't. So I guess I don't (laughs) wish I had slippers. Uh, well, what do you can have,
0: wish that you that your prior self had already solved this problem for you that's completely mm-hmm. unfair oh uh, yeah there's a there's a big
1: distinction between wanting to have something and wanting to do the work required to get right. it yeah I want to just have slippers uh, and I just want them to appear without yep. me having to do anything about it but i but that hasn't happened yet, maybe S- for it some will. reason yeah mm-hmm. um you know, Christmas is coming. Maybe it
0: is. Maybe, maybe Santa's going to bring me some slippers. <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> well, yeah, yeah, the problem, of course, is that now you've got to do research. It's like, okay, well, what company do I go look at slippers for? And like, which one of these look fine? It's just like these just are click up going Isn't get know? too hot? Does this have traction? It's just, like, yeah, gonna, yeah, yeah finally I finally found a pair a couple of years ago, which I then just like, I just, they're, they're, they're slowly disintegrating because I have to like wash them, you know, every once in a while. And they're not really, I mean, they can be washed. They, you know, they say washable, but of course for me, that means throw it in the washing machine and hope it doesn't disintegrate. Destruct. Mm-hmm. Um, and, uh, and so it's like, but they, they work. It's going to be hard to find another pair. So I'm just like, I'm going to wear these things until, until they are no more.
1: That's how I feel about my 2010 Ford Focus. Yeah. So I have a, I have a <laughs> 2009 Ford
0: Focus that's also just like.
1: Like, you know, this thing gets me from A to B. It has yep. reasonable gas mileage and the insurance is super cheap because it's worth nothing. Yep. So <laughs> uh
0: going to yep. ride this thing into the ground. Yep. Yeah, my side, my, my wife is very keen on, on the house slippers concept because she's like, my feet are always cold and yours are always cold too because, of course, you know, part of the thing about living with another person, you get in bed and you got cold feet, you touch mm-hmm. the other person with your feet. It's just one of the things you got to do, right? And so uh, she's always like, "You." Are- well, again, w- one of the problems completely solved by having individual uh, no blankets budgets. for each person, or as individual as individual, <laughs> individual air conditioning <laughs> units that plug into. Your, well, on that blankets. note, we got it. We have a, we have one of those just electric blankets that I busted out last it week. Is, and so yeah. now, like an hour before bed, turn that thing on. It's at the foot of the bed. Turn that thing on. I got to tell you, that does make a big difference. You get in there, you're like, I'm cozy. Cool. Mm-hmm. Yep. But so the thing is, my my extremities get very cold. While I'm working, like all the, for, I don't know why. I don't know if this yeah, happens to you guys mine too. do too, yeah. Yes, yeah, so like my hands are always, literally, just like cold as fuck. It's because while you're working, your body's like, I got all this blood. It could go anywhere, but like clearly the brain needs it right now. So it's just right? Shove it every blood. I was going to say all molecule, the blood. That's wrong. But all the, every blood thingy just. Injected it right into your brain just mm-hmm. as fast as possible. Just like and it just shuts like, off it just squeezes all the other all the other vessels in your whole body down to nothing. It's just like okay, we good because this is part of my argument was like it's because I'm working so hard. I mean mm-hmm. I just made all that up but it's probably true. Uh, yeah it's so, t- yeah that's just science. It's just, just science. science. So my my hands and feet go extremely cold. And so she's been trying to get me to wear uh slippers I am wearing them right now because I was very cold this morning. But uh typically if I'm indoors, if it's not cold as hell, which of course we're in the winter so now it is but If it's not cold as hell, then I'm barefoot because I like to stick to the damn ground. You know, I slipped down the stairs once, almost like ripped my shoulder off holding onto the railing. And I was, Mm -hmm. and that's because I was wearing socks and I I was like, never again. You can't wear socks. It's so dangerous. My God. Hardwood floor. Carpet's Mm -hmm. probably better, but you know. I just like wearing socks on on hardwood because like hardwood floors to me just always feel dirty. Just always. I like wearing nothing on them because then your feet stick to them like a gecko. You know? Yeah, but you get that too. <laughs> you know, once, once you got once you got slippers with good grip, then you got it too, right? That's what it is. you can either be barefoot or you can have slippers. The sock layer, like, it, like you can't just have that layer. It's got. Well, no, I've go got
1: full stack. I've got a third option. My my option is I have a pair of CrossFit shoes, which are only for being used indoors, mm-hmm. right? So I only ever used them in the in the the gym when I was going to the you know in remember gyms. Mm-hmm.
0: So I, remember yeah,
1: those. I Remember that? Yeah. Uh, back when those existed, I used to go there, and I'd have these. I'd wear a different pair of shoes to the gym, and put these shoes on at the gym. So these shoes only go indoors, and so I just wear those throughout the day.
0: I got a so question. You do though. wear shoes. Do you wear real I shoes. Wear, wear I wear shoes. real
1: shoes, and they're and they're very light and breathe breathable because they're meant for like running was say, and say, stuff. I say that's gotta be the trick
0: because otherwise so they're, they're, they're like good ones. Yep. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Like think too much slippers because slippers are thing. like when you go for like if you go slipper shopping they're almost all like fucking here's here's ten inches deep of fake animal hair like like it's like I don't want to have a heat stroke I just want to be able to step <laughs> on the floor you know <laughs> okay but here's a question so if you're going to the gym so I, I get it yeah. you, like you're you're not wearing these you're you are not wearing these shoes outside right yeah you go into a gym people are wearing the shoes that they're wearing some mm-hmm. of those people wearing those shoes outside people this like is sort me of like a this is sort of sure. like a yeah, it's sort of like the whole, like, having sex thing. It's like, if you have sex with somebody, you're having sex with everybody they had sex with. And, you know, that, mm-hmm, that sort of mm-hmm. thing, right? It's this like, is exactly it's the Weird same argument. Arc, it's <laughs> the same. Right. So it doesn't matter. It. it doesn't matter how clean you are, you know? What matters uh-huh. is how clean everybody else is. So, well, it's definitely you know, better than just running around outside. Like It's a matter of degrees. So
1: I feel like, degrees, you know, somebody. True. All right. So person, tolerance a? They, level, you know? person A goes running outside. I'm running. I'm running. Boom. I stepped in some shit. Yep. Oh mm-hmm. no! Oh no! I quickly go. I run to the grass. I try to like wipe it off. Do that you know, curb thing where
0: you like put your foot on the curb and like yeah. wiggle yeah, around. Mm-hmm. So
1: this so this person goes out. So this person's like, oh god! And then, and then like, there's poo. There's poo on the shoe. You can't get away from it. It's there now, right? They go about their day. They wear that shoe to the gym and they've got some uh, you know they've got some some de- some debris on there mm-hmm. okay they're walking around now not all of that poo is going to end up on the gym floor That's just dope. some just some particulate matter right yep. and now i go running and now not all of that particulate matter is going to end up on my shoe just a, just a fraction of a, of it
0: you know, so you're saying it's diluted enough that you feel comfortable,
1: yeah. Now, and I'm not, I'm not a believer in what's that m- kind of medicine where when you dilute H- stuff, home- it becomes stronger, yeah. Yeah, mm-hmm. I'm, not a, I'm not a homeopath, so in my worldview, when you dilute something, it becomes weaker,
0: right? Mm, yeah, so, so,
1: so there's a certain level of tolerance where if there's like microscopic dried poo molecules somewhere in my vicinity. My tolerance
0: level. Well, I think is probably okay. also this is a scenario yeah. too when you have like a, a pet in the house because like the the amount of poop that's already in the house. Oh, like, uh, it's in there. It's already in there. Which yeah,
1: And like my dog goes outside to do her business and then she comes back in and she's not changing her shoes. You know when she goes mm-hmm. in and out of the house. So like somebody's the the outside is coming into my house. Somebody some is
0: pooping d- on your floor in some <laughs> degree,
1: and uh you know. But the thing is, like, I'm wearing shoes. So like my feet are safe. <laughs> yeah. Also, <laughs> so, this is a bit
0: of a off you know, topic, but it's a good time for the PSA when the opportunity arises that homeopathy is not real medicine. Just in case, just in case, well, dear listener, you it, didn't know that because somehow they're fucking allowed to sell it. Somehow that's legal to just sell fake medicine. Uh, well,
1: this is actually the, the insidious thing about it is if you go to a, I don't know if this is true in other countries, but in the U.S., like if you go into Walgreens or get you off know, CVS, like go to a pharmacy, uh, there will be homeopathic stuff right next to actual medicine yeah and the home and the homeopathic stuff will it'll say like you know 1000x strength or and it something. looks it
0: actually looks great it's marketed very effectively on the label, and it's also natural read the, and all this all this great stuff right that little uh cross sign right where they're like the sort of we didn't do any research asterisk yep. thing and yeah, then it's like uh, doesn't contain any active ingredients and you're like yep
1: yeah and then and then the, and that's the whole thing is like it works
0: by not working that 's how that 's its deal you know? yeah,
1: and then there'll be like a little tiny it'll just somewhere, somewhere next to the actual like name of the the medicine it 'll be like homeopathic but really really tiny mm-hmm. so un, like for people who don 't know what homeopathy is it 's this this idea that water molecules have memory, which is bullshit, and what you do is you take the thing that you want like let 's say you wanted to make homeopathic tylenol okay. Mm-hmm. What you do is you take a, a, t- a piece of Tylenol. You would have because it, Tylenol
0: isn't natural enough as a starting point. Right, this is just a natural. started from willow bark. Yeah, like whatever. Yeah. Started from the know, willow bark. Yeah, there you
1: go. Yeah, while we're on the medicine, you know, train, yeah. let's just say you did want to make homeopathic Tylenol. <laughs> sure. uh, you, you take a Tylenol pill now. Normally, as a, as a normal, you know, reasoning person, you'd be like, "I need. I'm, I want. I have. I have pain. I will take the Tylenol." Right? Yeah. If you are, if you believe in homeopathy, what you are going to do is you are going to take that Tylenol. You are going to throw it in like a gallon of water. Really yeah. dissolve the shit out of it, right? Shake that up, and then you're like, no, this needs there's to be still stronger. Too much in here. Yeah. So then you would take that gallon of water, pour that into a swimming pool, mm-hmm. mix that up real good. Then you'd you know, dunk a glass of water into the swimming pool and drink that and be like, there's, there's no way this Tylenol could get any stronger. Mm-hmm. Because apparently the belief is that the more water you expose to the thing, the stronger it gets. But only the, if you <laughs> – only,
0: only though, if you percuss the water – as part of oh, the that's true. Process. You got to beat the shit out you of you it. You got to play. You have to slap the water. I didn't yeah, know it's well because the way they do it because they will tell you like the, the number X. That's the that's the full dilution, right? So it's re, it's literally inversely proportional to how powerful it could possibly be, right? Yeah, um, yeah. Or I guess how deadly if they start with a poison, but but uh, so so the ideal case is they started with a poison because that's actually also what often happens. But then they just and so the dilution does make it less deadly, right? But so if you yeah, see thirty yeah. X, which is the standard. Um, I I dug into this a long time ago because I was getting so fucking angry about it. I was like, what actually actually even is this? And the the more you learn about what it actually is, the more insane it is that it's just legal, that you can just sell this stuff. But anyway, so so the 30X dilution, it's literally the 30X means they take it, they put it in a volume of water, right? And then they take a little bit out of there, put it in that same volume of water over again. They do that 10 times, right? So and the the point the, like the point that they get to is where for uh, for the volume that you would be like dealing with and, like if you're taking that medicine right or that sorry that homeopathic bullshit remedy then uh, <laughs> there they they dilute it to the point where there will not be a single molecule left because the power of fold dilution where you just take a small volume move to a big volume small volume big volume so on uh, is that it's exponentially it exponentially yep. dilutes like very very rapidly and so. So the whole point is to get to the point, where they're statistically, just giving you is water. not going to be a single fucking molecule in there. And they say because we slapped it while we were doing this, we took the, in the tube, water, put remembers. it in there, slapped <laughs> the and then the water remembers because like the 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 essence of the thing, you know, got it's, got it, in there. But all it I, know didn't. Is I want a job slapping water. I've this is a new thing I, mean, I didn't know this was an option you can, you can get paid really well selling fake medicine you know you have so to be
1: okay with, uh, with people dying with people dying
0: on <laughs> <But laughs> your watch <laughs> yeah. uh, so if you can tell this is one of my life pet peeves that this is just yeah, a fucking thing where, it's that like a PhD molecular, molecular biologist this is the appropriate uh, pet peeve to have you it's know just I mean? a it's just a fit. Like you just get to go kill people you just get to go you just get to go say hey you got these problems like, ooh, but hey, we labeled it though. And we said not FDA approved. And hey, we said we didn't actually do any research, but we're going to take people who now don't know that those things are important. Right. And who, and we're and like, you're just, cause you're like the whole reason they label it. Ooh, it's a natural remedy and all this shit. Right. is because they're trying to get you to buy that. They're trying to convince you that that's better than real medicine that does something. Right. And I think, I think the best like little punchline joker is like, like, what do you, it's like, what do you call alternative medicine that works? Medicine. 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 medicine.
1: Yeah. <laughs> it's a reason there's <laughs> a reason it's called alternative medicine because it doesn't work. Yep. Uh, it's an alternative to medicine. And then you then you die from it. Yeah, but this is definitely uh, a sidetrack so we can get back on, on, back yeah, on track. So, so I, I hope that answers the question about what kind of shoes we wear. <laughs> next question. <laughs> next question comes from who who hunk a zonk donk? Oh, which is large. I honk a zonk a, donk. Mm, yeah, this is yeah. good. Here for uh you. As prophets of the age, with the year of 20 Blendy drawing to a close and the world having been thoroughly blended into a fine paste, (laughs) I ask you, do you feel that it would be prudent to declare a 2021 name that only has positive connotations?
0: That's that's tricky business though, right? This uh, is a monkey's paw. You, yeah, so. you can't be as, you can't be a <laughs> sage if you if you narrow down the interpretation of your words. You know,
1: we're just gonna say what the year's gonna be. I mean, we don't
0: control what the year is, and it will be that. <laughs> you know? because that's that's how we're just being. That's how using vague language works. You know. Yeah, so. we're gonna
1: horoscope the shit out of
0: this thing. Horoscope yeah, the shit. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, the trick is that you can't. Uh, no matter what, it's like this is the genie problem, right? There's there's no escaping ambiguity in language. Mm-hmm. So you might say like next year is going to be awesome. You know what one of the roots of awesome is? Aw. Aww. You know, like all this stuff came from. It's it's also equally meaning uh, that it's like terrifyingly. Just something Pum-ed, big, basically. Something big. You know, the, the other crazy. root is some. So like it's just a little <laughs> awesome. <laughs> Yeah. There could be just a little bit of awe, and that's it throughout the like. Maybe the maybe the whole 2021 is, is blissfully boring as fuck. There was mm-hmm. some awe, but not really enough to not really, enough to know, warrant an awesome, you know? but it. but there was some there though. It wasn't awful though, which is the I, opposite no. of awesome, which is funny. Yeah, he, I will have, say though, some it's great if it's full of it. That's too much, you know. <laughs> awful, true.
1: it's yeah. awful. Yeah, uh, I mean, I will say that you know, looking back on our. Plans for 2020, and we chose the name of 20 Blunty because we were like, This is the year of mixing it up, you know, doing some new things. Well, we were not wrong, you know. Yeah, we've all done some new things this year. We've, we've really had some new, up. had some new experiences. The nope. problem is,
0: I think it's it's a scale problem, right? Because when you when you make a declaration like that, you're like yeah, it's twenty blendy. Like we're gonna change it up, switch things around. We're thinking about that on like a let's switch from Trello to Monday. Sort of <laughs> not a like <laughs> the, let's have let's a global pay more pandemic attention to DevOps. Yeah, and like and let's have a global pandemic though. Let's uh, let's quit our Workspace that we just got, uh you know, less than a year, a year and a half ago, and then uh, let's work from home permanently. Let's yeah. upgrade to Game Maker two point three that behaves completely differently from two point two. Let's burn down all of our ID. Games? Let's burn let's, down Biscouch ID. You know what? Just fucking switch out of Inkscape. Why don't you go work on a completely new tool now? Like uh, just, I mean, we didn't go all from- the way to three D though, which was. I mean then we, we could, talked about it though. Yeah, we, we talked talk about it. We very seriously talked at the end of last year. We were like, maybe post level head, if we if our runway is long enough is what we said, you know, then we'll because it would require building new tools and so on, right? Uh, the, the sort of the amusing thing here is we had to rebuild all of our tools anyway. Uh, but but uh, we were like, maybe we need to switch to three D, you know. But I think the
1: We it all then agreed. Far.
0: No, no, we don't wanna that's too much. That's too much. Which yeah. I'm very glad we did, frankly. Oh my god, yes. Yeah.
1: Well, there's, there's one final thing we want, we want to figure out how to do in 2D, which is multiplayer. Yeah. Once, we've, once we finally
0: achieve that, then we can start talking about 3D. Mm-hmm. Uh,
1: yeah,
0: then we can start making terrible 3D games. And we start the whole cycle over, right? We just yeah. start making terrible jam, shitty games in 3D, and then over roughly seven years, we'll eventually make something good in mm-hmm. yep. 3D. So we're we'll going move on to VR. Yeah. So Crashlands yeah. two is yeah. Then we we'll move on to VR, and then and then at that time there's presumably gonna be some sort of like VR plus smell based like experience. And so that's what I'm waiting for. To, yeah, we're gonna know, lag my... behind ten to twenty years on every piece of technology.
1: Though. Oh, you know, can you imagine being a smell developer though? Like, uh, no thanks. Those first few like when you know when we first started making games like all the games we made they were just kind of looked like shit and they didn't they played like shit. But like if you're a smell developer. <laughs> I mean, everything you make at the beginning is just going to smell like, like shit. shit, and yep. you just got to really like power through, you know, that first couple of years of just making shit smells mm-hmm. before you can really make some some good stuff. And your taste developer—that's
0: even worse, because then like Ooh. you have to like some like thing that's just like on your tongue, just like it's squirting.
1: Well, that's just a chef, you know.
0: Liquids. That's true. A, sure. <laughs> a chef <laughs> a taste is just developer. a developer. Yeah, but they're doing it with like things that already exist, you know. But if you're trying That's to create, true. if you're trying to create a device where it's like it's going to squirt chemicals on your tongue and be like, ooh, like suddenly you taste uh, the sea breeze, you know, and it like suddenly like injects some salt and some like algae or some shit into like a thing and pa- powders it and squirts it onto your tongue, you know, like I don't know. I mean, taste
1: like. is taste is mostly smell though, right? So like, if you're a smell developer, you're already almost there. Maybe okay, maybe you, you got to start with smell and then you know you, mm-hmm. work, your you work your way into way, taste mm-hmm. from there. Yeah. We'll figure it out when the time comes. That's that's a few years off. Uh, all right. Next question comes from. Oh yeah. Do do we do we want to declare a twenty twenty one name with positive connotations or do we want to just say? Uh,
0: let's see, we could. I mean, we could. We could do some guess. I the think using posi- Yeah, I think positivity has like the angle is fine. It's just ideal if we can also interpret it negatively. If we turn out, it turns out we need to. Mm-hmm. You know, it's, gotta it's be like twenty
1: twenty one. Be positive, but it turns out we all test positive for COVID, and now. <laughs> Uh, That's again not what, uh, uh, not what we meant. But hey, we'll find some silver
0: linings, you know. Uh, So, like, uh, I don't know what they would be for that particular scenario, but you know, but there's always
1: something. 2021, silver linings. Turns out we've all been s- silver poisoned somehow.
0: There's yep. some kind of and lining in our jackets. Now, <laughs> now our skin is blue, which is pretty fucking red. That's pretty dope. That's so. pretty
1: red. We have up. a hard time functioning and thinking as people, but our skin is blue now. So we've got yep. sort of a Smurf thing going on. Uh, all right, next question comes from Quantum Anomaly, who says, With as many tools as you have, do you have your own internal documentation for each of them? Is it vague, full of technical jargon, or do you add humor or your own Easter eggs for each other to find? What's the document library of a smaller studio even like? Our, this is a tough one.
0: Yeah, so we use Notion to keep track of uh, – basically to do most of our internal documentation as well as then the markdown stuff that I mentioned on uh, – Yeah, so a lot of, of our documents like, – yeah, like so documentation for developing of our code just lives alongside the code and typically in a, like a markdown, a markdown file or in comments in the code or or whatever. Mm-hmm. But yeah, but everything else is in Notion. Yeah, and so Google how you actually like run the business stuff is all in, in Notion. And I think the important thing about documentation is that it's only worthwhile if, if it's going to be a thing that you don't touch enough yeah. to have it always be kind of fresh in mind. Um, if it's complicated enough that you want to make sure you if you when you revisit it even with a short break that you get it correct Uh, or if you're sharing it with literally anyone else Mm -hmm. Uh, those are the three circumstances i think it's it's easy to when you learn about documentation is like spend a bunch of time if you're a solo dev doing a bunch of documentation about stuff that you don't need to document Um, but you want to pick those things in particular that like are going to They'll they're probably fuck you up, basically, if you come back and do it wrong. So in my case, on mm-hmm. the on the art side, uh, if I come up with a way to, for example, we talked about like a, using clip studio paint as this animation tool, blah, blah, blah. there's enough parts to all this stuff now uh, that it's actually really helpful for me because I bounce around. Sometimes I be work on a character art for like three weeks at a stretch doing animations and stuff, and then switch over, do environment stuff for three or four weeks. And in that time, because of how complicated some of the systems are that that we're working in, uh, it's very easy for me to like come back and just be kind of confused. So usually what I'll do is before I switch over into a new thing, I'll go back and sort of pretty quickly, like within, you know, half an hour or so to kind of document how I did what I did with some screenshots and stuff like that. And then leave that for my future self uh, to pick mm-hmm. up. But I don't, yeah, put, like, so one, thing we're,
1: one thing we're doing soon is, you know, we're going on our winter break, which every year we take uh, I think like a week, week and a half mm-hmm. around Christmas, New Year's time, um, take a break. But that's the perfect time to lose track of all the shit you were doing mm-hmm. and and then come back and have a terrible January. Um, so you know, one of the things to do before a break like that is to, instead of working right up to the last minute on producing stuff, take that whole last day you know, and mm-hmm. just be like – just, just wrap up where any, you were. Yeah, wrap mm-hmm. up loose ends and then document where you were and, and exactly what you need to do to pick up where you left well, off. Well, that's the know? key
0: to documentation, right? Is, is the question is always what is this – for because it's the, same, it's the same logic with comments and code. Like like for, for coding best practices, you always hear your code should be self-documenting, right? Which means that somebody can read the code that is written and be like, oh, I know what this does, right? Mm-hmm. Um, because if you rely on on a secondary, now you have a drive violation. If you have a secondary thing, like a comment that explains what the code is doing, then you could edit one or both of those without the other one being edited. One of the other of those without editing the other one in turn, and now all of a sudden these two things are not... Actually, During conflict. Yeah, they're in conflict, right? And documentation of any sort works the same way. So, so there's a there's always a risk and a cost to building long term documentation. Which is one, mm-hmm. it's costly to do, and two, if you don't have systems to guarantee that it stays up to date, then at some point, having that documentation could be just as dangerous as not having it because you'll assume that it's true, you'll go to use it, and it's so it's so wrong that either you have a mistake. Uh, or you just spend time having to like now fix it and track it and everything all over again, and then you might as well have not not have had it, yeah so for any piece of documentation, the question is who is this for, and when am I going to need it, and when I do need it, what am i going what am I going to need to be able to do, and your goal should always be where possible to couple your documentation to the thing you're documenting in some way, so that changing one. Changes the other, and this is outside of the code context. This is often very hard to do. Um, but even like, if you think of things like templates, templates are a good example of things that are are uh, sort of. It's basically in, it's basically infrastructure as documentation, right? So because yep. you can do this with an art thing, you can do this with all kinds of stuff. Like if you have a template, that thing explains how it works, and if that's the template you use to generate stuff, then and you update the template over time, then every time you generate something based off of that template, it's up to date. It's like I do this with with TypeScript projects, right? Because Details don't matter, but when you're setting up a TypeScript project, there's just a whole bunch of shit you have to do to get it to work properly. Mm -hmm. And so instead of, I I found myself over time, every time I needed to start a new one, being like, "Oh God, what do I need?" I have to like go copy paste a bunch of things over, you know. And so finally, too long, frankly, I, I, I was like, "I just need a fucking template. I just need a template project for this, right?" So made a template. I keep that up to date. Every time I go back to use it, I update it first. Right mm-hmm. I keep its documentation up to date when I update it, and then I use that as the base for any new project, um, so yeah so the, the idea of documentation because people think of documentation as like there 's a, there's a thing written down in a document that like is in a library of documents that I go I can go I know exactly where to look and I can go find that thing, but the reality is way more complicated and nuanced um, because also, how do you know the documentation is there? you know yep. how like do you how, know where to find it, how do you, know where how do you to know?
1: find it? And and also sometimes documentation is incomplete enough that people view it as unreliable and yeah. they just don't, they just don't use it. And then it decays right? even um, further. Yeah. Um, or the worst is if you go look at documentation, which immediately starts with the phrase, the way that this thing works is very intuitive and simple. And then, <laughs> and, never the and you know what? It isn't nope. because, because yeah. uh, it's code.
0: I will say one but, of the, uh, one of the processes that we implemented to, as part of our like we've been generating all this documentation and part of the question is like, okay, so uh, beyond just the generation of the documentation, which is good sometimes in its own way, right? Because it forces you to have a deeper understanding of what you're working on. Um, how do we how do we guarantee that we'll have some touch with some of these previous documents that have been made? Um, and so we have we have we actually have a project proposal and a post mortem phase for every single project that goes to the studio. So for example, like switching all the games over to GameMaker two point three. Yeah. Uh, and it's, it's automated as part of the workflow in Monday. So it's like yeah. when we have a project and we flip its state from waiting to proposal, then that causes a proposal card to be created that links to the document, that links to the template and you know, all of that mm-hmm. stuff. And so yep. the proposal then has questions about like, has anything like this been done before? And have you read the documentation that exists in Notion for it? Because part of the idea there is that when you have, when you have frequent retouching of existing documentation, that's where you're able to people keep it up to date in that context. Right. Uh, because you you'll never win that war of trying to have documentation that's completely up-to-date uh, unless the documentation is the object that you are making, which is not mm-hmm. possible in a lot of contexts.
1: Yeah. yeah, and I'd say, too, one final note is ever since reading the book Clean Code, um, I've come to despise the practice of using comments to explain what code is doing because mm-hmm. – <laughs> uh, there, there's a number of times where I need to go look up physics formulas to be like, oh yeah, what does it take to like calculate, you know, when something is going to come to a stop based on its like speed and deceleration or, or whatever, right? Because um, of course, you know, games are very physicsy. They do a lot of the same kinds of things that you have in the real world. And anytime I look up a physics function or physics formula, I immediately get pissed off mm-hmm. because it Just uses the, random variable names. It uses the notation of math where they go, first they kick it off and they go, let A be the velocity with which you are starting. Let B be this other thing. Yeah, and let why not C just fucking be call gravity. it starting velocity. Yeah. Just call it that. Use a variable name. Why are we doing this weird,
0: like. Well, especially, yeah, it makes statement. me even more angry doing math stuff, too, because cause, cause then I, like, learning math at the beginning I just assumed it's like oh for some fucking reason we just decided that they can only have one letter like that's what a variable is right but then as time goes on you discover actually no sometimes they can have more than one letter right right which then now all of a sudden you're like, well, thinking of more than one, why not just use a fucking word? But then also, sometimes <laughs> two letters next to each other means you're multiplying them together, right? And so now you can't even tell why? what the yeah, hell
1: is why that? did we do this? Well and then they yeah. and then they'll be like, let a be the starting velocity and let a prime be the finishing velocity. So now you'll see an A, but then you're like, mm-hmm. wait a minute, and then you gotta take a second look and look yeah, for which a little one notch. That? You know? Yeah. This, is, we, really the, this is one of the things
0: we're always talking about, how like how there's so much of stuff that people think is like hard and so on, right? Like like math and, com- and computer science and all this. It's just because people are doing these stupid these stupid shitty ways of teaching it. Because it there, mm-hmm. it doesn't have to be this way. It doesn't have to be the case that we use like x equals y and that's a line, right? Like it doesn't it doesn't have to be like that. Um, we could actually and we don't have to use foo and bar in programming, which is one of my biggest pet peeves. Um, and the reason this. that the reason that people well, do that is because they say we don't want this specifically doesn't mean anything right? Because they're like, it could mean anything, just like plug in whatever you want to those two things. And that's the beauty of math, right? Like you construct a formula and then like, no matter what you plug in there, it's true. Right. Which is pretty cool. But when you're trying to put it together, there's no reason why you have to have it be generic when you're talking about a specific problem. When, yeah. when you're asking questions, like when you're doing a math problem in high school, where it's like, you know, like doing algebra, it's like, if you have this many apples and that many apples and this person's eating this many apples at this rate and whatever, right? Like, and then you're trying to make a formula like, okay, well, X is apples and Y is time. And Y time. is You do this translation constantly. Yeah, just fucking you call them apples and time, you know? Like, why do we yeah. have to do it this way?
1: And then when you draw your graph, put apples on one axis, put time yeah. on the other. You yeah, don't are, need an X why are, why are we playing this
0: way?
1: <laughs> <laughs> it's, Anyway. This is a weird pet peeve to have, but man, it pisses no, me off. No, it's off. not though. It, it,
0: yeah, it isn't though, because like, because so many people have, have their entire lives thought that they sucked at math, that they sucked at programming, they sucked at all this stuff, right? And it's because we just have such f- fucking stupid teaching conventions for these things that are yep. like that, that. were invented by just that they were invented by some like dudes like uh, two hundred years ago or whatever, right? Yeah, right. And and they invented that shit. And these are like these are people that are basically doing like. They're inventing ideas, right? And so they're they're doing like all this gen, like very general stuff, and like and so so like all that notation that we use for like for for uh, calculus was invented, you know, literally like two or three hundred years ago, whenever it was that like you know Leibniz and whatever the fuck were doing mm-hmm. this stuff, right? They were just they were the ones who decided like oh, I'm going to use prime to mean like a derivative, and like they were they were the ones doing this stuff. And because they did it that way, that's just how we do it. Nobody ever sat back and was like. What if we made this more intuitive, right? Because like, yeah, mm. that person was really smart. He was talking to really smart people. He was trying to solve these really interesting problems. He was doing this like very generic way because like he was trying to illustrate an idea. And for some fucking reason, the way of doing it at the time was to also make yourself seem smart by making stuff unnecessarily convoluted, which is like we always do this. this I think actually people, yeah. it's actually just it. well, it's actually just a shorthand problem because like short think, short about, hands, that's true, think yeah. about who's teaching. Because like you as a teacher, well, and, and and you have write a with your board. hands, yeah, and with a chalkboard, yeah. Yeah. yeah, or right with a quill. Literally, calculus was made when writing with a quill was a thing, yeah. right? Well, yeah. Oh, so it's like, true because if you're deriving long formulas, you're like doing a, like pages and pages of like moving symbols around, right? Yeah, so the longer the symbols to like, are. The yeah. oh my god, that's true. That'd be that's true. insane, you know. So you need a shorthand. You do need a shorthand, yeah. but the idea that you should start you teaching don't need it when you're learning with a yeah. shorthand. Yeah, yeah, you're not deriving a fancy ass cat. You're like learning algebra. Sit down, mm-hmm. you
1: know. Yeah, but also <laughs> like when you're de- when you're deriving a formula or when you're trying to prove something. I get it, sure, use all the shorthand you need when you have the final f- thing, when you have the end function which where you say like here 's the the tiny function that you would use to calculate like how far something would fly if you shot it out of a cannon, you know it 's got like six things in it mm-hmm. use words it 's okay now That's you 've done all the work, yeah. you figured it out, put some words in there. Put the words how back about in. that
0: yeah, which, which is, is also a good bet. tip anytime you 're trying to like. Look up a math thing or solve your own math thing or whatever. Just use, do it like a modern, not computer scientist, a modern programmer would do, which is like use variable names that you can read as a person and know what they mean. Because if you don't, what you always have to do, and this is why it's so stupid, is you have to when you see the letter X or the letter V, you have to be like, oh yeah, that maps onto velocity, right? If you do that stuff enough, if you spend your whole life like writing physics equations, then like maybe just like now you've just mapped. V directly mm-hmm. to the concept of velocity instead of through the word velocity, right? But in all other scenarios, if you if you if you're adding a mapping layer in between the concept and the thing that represents it, then all you're doing is adding mental overhead for no fucking reason.
1: Mm-hmm. I, I think this is probably actually you know a lot of people like you said Adam, they, they they believe that they're bad at math, mm-hmm. um, but the fact is that like math is not conceptually it's hard. not any different
0: than yeah it's just. Yeah it's just another like, thing
1: yeah yeah and what's what's hard about math genuinely is learning how to read it Right? <laughs> like well, it's, it's actually it's a,
0: it's a collection of rules, right? You just and, and it's I, just a
1: bunch of rules. Yeah. It's one of the
0: things I learned like way later than I than I wish I had, which uh, and and I didn't even learn it in college. I learned it by picking up a like a, a just this random ass book that looked fun that was like thirty years old out of out of uh, like a half price books you know that was like it was like it was called something like on math or something like that, right? And it was the first thing I picked it and it was still like very generic and like very symbol heavy, but it, but but the guy explained he's like, hey, look, math is fucking made up. We just made this up, right? So, keep that <laughs> keep that in mind as we're as we're going through this. Like, like rules like uh like, you know, like the the exponent rules like like why is why is, you know, you know like when you use a, I uh, I was going to call it a bang, but an exclamation mark. Um, right. So, factorial. Like, factorial. It's right? so like why is 0, zero factorial 1? It's pretty fucking weird, right? Uh, and like, well, it was really convenient if it was. Is the is one, right? <laughs> uh you know, it's like it worked y, out pretty
1: good that way. Yeah, it's like
0: why is why is like x because like x squared. And I get that that's x times itself. X to the minus one. We just call what that one f- right. Anything to the minus one we just call one. Why? Because it's convenient, right? It it makes things work really well if we just decide that that's true. So that's kind of what most of math is. It's like it's there's like all these rules you memorize, and then the cool thing about it is like it's just moving. It's like literally it's moving symbols right? This is this is why. And they don't teach you this, unfortunately, right? But like the whole reason you're doing this whole like a plus x or whatever is because the beauty of it is you just have these rules, right? And then if you put symbols in with those rules, and then you just move them around. You just literally it's like math is moving symbols around. That's it, right? You move it to that side. You just like take. Switch this to that, but it's following mm-hmm. a set of allowed rules. It's,
1: the rules are very explicit.
0: Yeah, and if you, yeah. if you use the rules and only the rules, then you can take any collection of things and convert them into some other collection of things, right? Yeah, which means and, you can do creative problem solving. Which it means you can do creative better. problem solving. It's, yep. it's a tool for doing creative problem solving based on these rules that turn out to be convenient, right? That's like the whole thing. Cool. Uh, that's math. It's amazing. Uh, I feel like questions seem to really get us riled up. Man, yeah, these, was, these was guys, <laughs> the sh- the shoes one took a turn to get us there, but even still they they hit. It. Well that's that's well, the last t- question wasn't about math, was it? Uh oh no it's about documentation. That's true. <laughs> <laughs> documentation. It was about documentation, but this is this is our airing of grievances, I guess, uh, is what this. Oh yeah, actually, there was a part of that question we didn't answer, which was about it being serious or like funny or full of Easter eggs or whatever. So I will say at the very beginning, very funny documentation uh, today, very serious documentation, which is mm. mostly because like we're trying to get that part done, you know, and and I think there there was a period in time where like I just it was actually easy for me to, to write in a very casual way where I just like could try to be fun with my writing, you know? Um, but over time i like just doing more and more programming where I'm just like, it's a lot of structural thinking and like, and then like writing articles for other institutions and like trying to be more of a, like a professional business. Like all this stuff is collectively made it so that now I actually have to expend more effort to try to make a thing entertaining than mm-hmm. to explain. I suppose, but I think also when you're trying to explain complicated concepts, like, uh, it's just it becomes because now you're looking for metaphors and like you might find a funny one you know but like it just all starts to become yeah I either use power. funny metaphors or funny stories good examples when we were working on the the spine uh, stuff for the character in Crashlands two the prototype Seth and I had made um, we tested one of our guesses about Game Maker's ability to handle additional slots things you can attach pictures to inspired by by me just adding 500 pelvises to the character yep <laughs> so that's I mean that's one of the examples of Dr. and and uh, you made it so that uh, one of its poses was just flipping off it's like when his yep. hand would come up it would just flip off the camera you know yep. it's just a yeah. hideous just like pink like fleshy, man yeah uh-huh. and he would flip you off and then like sling a tomahawk around yeah, yeah so there is some yeah. stuff like that that, that we do but that's not documentation. That's, no. that's
1: just basically us saying, we are definitely throwing this away. Yeah. And nobody do, else needs to see this. So we'll just do You have, have to it. be careful,
0: though, with this. You, so, this, this is one of those rules. Like, there's a podcast, uh, Syntax.fm, that I listen to that's a, about web dev. Um, and every Halloween, they do spooky dev stories, right? Where people <laughs> write in and they just like write, they tell some story about something horrible that happened, right? Which is usually they fucked up in some way. Uh, and, and a surprising fraction of those, Are people who made a template, you know, like they had some, had some like starter thing and they just kind of like forgot or, you know, something happened so that it didn't get updated where, uh, where then like a a customer saw like this Ah. temporary text that somebody put in or like a console log in the or something, like something they just kind of tucked away and forgot about where there was like, they, just like something profane, something that just really, swearing. that's the thing, like programmers are always swearing. So like, if, constantly. I, if, I had, yeah, if I had to guess, if you have a temporary variable name, temporary comment, temporary, uh, like an echo where you'd be like, check this, you dumbass," or something like that would be like mm-hmm. the, the echo that comes out. Yeah. And then that shows up on your client's website and you're like,
1: yeah. Well, actually be- my, my comments. So I, this was like when I was first, you know, doing game programming, uh, my comments were always profane. Mm-hmm. And always kind of jokey,
0: and your Git logs, uh, and my Git logs, right? Which are which are baked into the history of the project permanently, right? It's it's uh, yeah.
1: And then yeah. one day, Yo-Yo Games was like, "Hey, we're putting together this thing. Would you be willing to uh, add the f- source code
0: <laughs> oh, of, fl- right?
1: of of Flop Rocket to this uh, oh, humble oh, bundle?" Oh, yeah. And I was like, "Sure." <laughs> so. I... And then I had to spend I a, forgot about that. Yeah. I had to spend a whole day scrubbing through the code looking for swear words and scrubbing mm-hmm. them from the project and I missed several. Uh and then I then I sold it.
0: <laughs> <laughs> so and yeah, you, know, and you and you can get away with some stuff in some context, you know, like if uh but yeah, I I think that it's just one of those things that like you got to be a little more careful than you think. Um once, once you're once you're moving into a professional space yeah. because yeah, yeah. it's it's that whole like we talked about in the past like it's like being ready right being ready to pounce on an opportunity and and things that are fun but in a way that isn't because you can be fun in a way that still is like professional enough right you don't have to be a, just like a fucking stick just being mm-hmm. boring and uninteresting right you can still do things that are fun you can still like. Tell jokes. You can like uh, the way that I like to do things. When I'm explaining to the rest of the team how like some server thing works. Is I'll just like pretend the server is a person and the client is a person, have them talk to each other, right? Mm-hmm. And in that context, like there might be some like profanity here and there or whatever, but like mm, in that loads. context, it's fine. It works, right? It's like if somebody else saw that, I wouldn't be embarrassed in the slightest. If like if I'd have then if I the opportunity to then like put that on a on a professional. Like gamesindustry.biz or something. Like I wrote up an article and wanted to include that snippet. Sure, shit, I would edit that, right? (laughs) Not. It's a. It's a a question of like, what does professionalism mean, and you just have to be really careful baking things into stuff you don't check frequently or stuff that is permanent. um, About the level of professionalism involved there. Yep.
1: So, hope that answers your questions on documentation. And thanks everybody for asking questions. I think we're going to try to do a little better job in the future of getting a few more questions answered. Let's see how many more
0: pet peeves we can uncover. (laughs) Uh, Yeah. So, as always, you can
1: always ask more questions at podcast.beesguyshutnet. All right. That's all the time we have for this week. We'd like to thank our producers, Fat Bard and Jen Coster for putting the podcast together. Thanks to our community moderators who keep our Discord running. To get more involved in the Butterscotch community, go to podcast.bscotch.net. We have links to everything, a way for you to donate. You can ask questions for the podcast, and we also have links to the podcast archives. Thank you all for listening. See you next week. Bye. Bye. Bye.